Welcome to The Creepin'. I'm your host, Brittany. This is my co-host and sister, Kaylin. Hello. Oh, thank God we got a normal hello. It's uh, my new meds. They're kicking in. Oh, yay. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad to hear it. All right. Um, well, today we're bringing you some witches. Bitches. Just kidding. No. Mm-mm. You better put respect on my witch's name. I said just kidding. <laughs> She's gonna come for your ass. Uh, Is, what? I almost said Ezra, stop licking my toes. <laughs> Ew, pee. We have a special guest hanging out on the floor, apparently licking people's feet. He doesn't look amused. Alright. <laughs> Um, yeah, so today, um, we chose some famous witches, except mine is, uh, they call her, they put her in the category of witch. Mm-hmm. She is a voodoo queen. Oh, fancy. So, I'm not sure if she would appreciate being called a witch technically, but mm-hmm. she's in the category, but her actual title is Voodoo Queen. Got so. It. Uh, yeah. Is she from America? Mm. Yep. Okay, mine's from, uh, like, Sweden or somewhere across the seas. Somewhere we've never been and yeah. have no idea geographically where it exists. Uh, yeah, pretty, pretty fucking much. <laughs> I kind of want to get a globe just and be like, oh, Nova needs a globe, but I need the globe. Cause I, <laughs> no, I totally get it. Cause I was th- <laughs> it's so weird. I was thinking the other day about how... So yeah, I was thinking the other day about how Japan is in the Pacific Ocean, but... I'm like, but we all, I don't know, we always see the map where Japan's, like, on the complete other side. Like, I don't know. I just need to see a real representation of where shit's at. (laughs) Alright, maybe for Mother's Day I'll just get you a globe and call it a day. Alright, so, let's dive into it then. So, yes. So, my voodoo queen is Marie Laveau. Oh. Which, I mean, most people have actually have heard of her. I've heard of her, yeah. so don't look at me like that. Yeah, yeah, Kaylin, usually the one who's like, oh yeah, I don't know what that is. <laughs> um, she was most recently like portrayed in the Coven season of American Horror Story by Angela Bassett. Oh, I love me some Angela Yeah, me Bassett. too. She had me at Tina Turner, so... Yes. Um, she couldn't do anything. Uh, so that's probably where, if you're not into creepy, weird history like I am, then you, if you've watched that, then um, that's where you probably know her from. So, she was born in 1801, although some records say she might have been born as early as 1794, um, she was the daughter of a African-American woman and 
a potentially white French father. Mm. So she was American, but she was mixed race. Mm-hmm. Um, she, when she was, uh, what was it, 1819, she married a Creole man from, okay, I suck at French, so don't come at me at this point. I probably should have Googled some of the words to make sure I was pronouncing them right, but uh, I studied Spanish, so bear with me. I took one year of French. <laughs> I mean... You're, you suck at French. Yeah, so... <laughs> I suck at French. Um, so she married a Creole man from Saint Domingue, <laughs> which is what's now Haiti, uh, and his name was Jacques Paris. Uh, yeah, bear with me, y'all. Um, although he disappeared. Oh. Like, just up and vanished, literally, out of nowhere, and then later, like, they were just like, yeah, he's probably dead. So, upon his disappearance, though, Marie Laveau began referring to herself as the Widow Paris. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, or Paris. It's spelled Paris, but I'm assuming they pronounced it Paris. Right? I don't know. I'm doing my best here. (laughs) Trying to be, trying to be more worldly than I am. I've only been to Canada, which they do speak French there too. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I haven't been to that side of Canada. <laughs> I've been to like the side that's connected to Alaska, so I don't think they speak French all the way over there. <laughs> they probably do and I'm an idiot. Anyway. So, after his death was like officially reported, she had began a relationship with oh fucking shit. Jean-Louis Christophe Domini de Glapion. Say that ten times fast. Okay. (laughs) And uh, they had several children together, although they lost some of them to Uh multiple breakouts of the yellow fever. Uh, Fun fact, all of her daughters were named Marie. Their first name was Marie, and then they had like a middle name that set them apart. Oh. Were they called by their middle names, if you know? Or like Marie middle name? Yes, they were. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're either called... most of the historical documents refer to them as Marie Hestia or Marie Eloise or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they referred to them by just the middle name oh, okay. in the family. But yeah, they had like some reports are like, up to 15 children. That's a lot. Yeah, of so kids. that's like a lot of Maries and a lot of Josephs, I guess. She had most of her sons were named Joseph. So. All right. So she became a hairdresser and opened up a hair salon where she worked on the wealthy white people as well as their um, African servants. And through interacting with the servants, she would learn personal information about her wealthy white clients, which she would then take that information and use it to counsel the wealthy people. Mm Mm-hmm. But under the guise of clairvoyance, like, supposedly. Some people say she was actually clairvoyant. Other people say that because she was able to get this, like, underground information about these people because the servants are in the house. So they, yeah. they know all the, you know, shady the shit that's outs. going on. Yeah, the inside scoop. 
um, that she would then pretend that she had like a spirit come to her and tell her these things. So that's how she knows. And then she would offer life advice based on um, what she learned about their personal affairs. Mm -hmm. Uh, So many people paid her for her advice or intervention in their lives and protection against evil energy placed on them. So what we know of the voodoo that Marie Laveau practiced is it's not it's not pure like West African voodoo. Okay. So a lot of it is derived from the spiritual practices from West Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously which came over in the transatlantic slave trade. And then after the Haitian Revolution, another wave of African descendant people came to New Orleans and brought their religion as well. Uh-huh. So the voodoo in New Orleans is its own type of voodoo. It's a combination of a lot of, you know, the different African-based religions that were brought in by the slave trade and people, you know, moving around mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. But also... Um, hers specifically was heavily mixed with Catholicism because Catholicism was the main religion back then in New Orleans. So she kind of created her own, yeah, like special kind of voodoo. So you can't, it, it just draws from every religion that was in the area at the time, essentially. Um, Unfortunately, or you know, the New Orleans voodoo practices had to adhere to the strict anti-black laws and codes that mm-hmm. were going on at the time. So, you know, unfortunately, like they could, she could like only practice um, after you know mass that day because that like or on Sundays when after mass mm-hmm. was the only day of the week that the you know s- enslaved people and even the not you know because there were some free yeah um, black people but uh that was the only day they were allowed to like be out in public doing anything was after mass mm. so that you know so that she had to like New Orleans voodoo had to like morph around. Yeah. The oppression happening back in the day. So it's its its own, you know. So a lot of the ceremonies and stuff, it, it was really dictated by, mm-hmm. you know, the, the lay of the land. Um, so uh, New Orleans voodoo also um, consists of what they call root work, which is conjuring and um, gri-gri or juju. So people would seek out conjurers or root workers for spiritual intervention and protection in their daily lives, ranging from things to do with love and all the way up to political influence. Hmm. Um, most uh, voodoo practitioners use their powers for good. And of course, there were others that did not. But unfortunately, like anything the few that practice a darker side of voodoo are the ones that, that, like, that's where we get our common 
idea of what voodoo is. Yeah. You know, we have, like, a... It has, like, a negative sort of connotation about it. Mm-hmm. Even though voodoo is te- it's not negative, you know? Yeah. So the bad side of practicing voodoo became known as hoodoo. And then that is what's responsible for the bad image given to voodoo. Mm-hmm. So, back to Marie Laveau. So she was said to be the granddaughter of a powerful priestess in in what was Haiti. I'm not even going to try to say that again. Sorry, guys. And she had a familial background in African spirituality. Uh, after the death of her mother, she had become way more interested in religion and then was taught by Dr. John Bayou. And he was a well-known um, Senegalese root worker or conjurer. Um, it didn't take her very long to dominate the culture at all. And uh, she reigned as voodoo queen um, for, I think it was like 50 plus years. And, uh, I mean, in the New Orleans area. Mm-hmm. And uh, she is what they, she was like a mother to many. So she had a lot of people that she took care of. Yeah. She, I mean, she was, she had a lot of stuff. Like, not she did hair she did you know she had the voodoo queen stuff she you know helped Mm -hmm. people with their lives but she also did a lot of like community work and you know she would like feed kids that weren't hers and stuff like that so she was really integrated in to the society there not only as a you know witch or a voodoo practitioner or whatever you know but she was also like very into making sure that her culture you know, her community was taken care of. Yeah. Um, so she would give advice on marital affairs, domestic disputes, judicial issues, uh, childbearing, finances, health, and good luck. Uh, she was also a midwife as well. It doesn't surprise me. No. no. I mean, usually, I feel like... I would trust her. Right? <laughs> uh, she would counsel... Um, so she would use this advice on all the, you know, Jesus Christ, I'm going to take this back. I wrote that weird. Anyways, so she used her advice to counsel people, but she also would give everybody a personal um, spiritual object, which is the grigri. Mm. And um, so it would be like candles, mm-hmm. magical powders, um so she also orchestrated rituals at her home on St. Anne Street. Um, and her three main places where she did her rituals were at her home, um, and then in Congo Square, and then Lake Ponchartrain. Ponchartrain. Yeah, good enough. <laughs> her ceremonies at St. Anne Street, which was her personal home, would... Um, conjure the spirit of the great zombie uh, and he would come to her in the form of a snake okay and she was well known for having a boa constrictor um that she wore around her shoulders while she minded her daily business uh, all right she, so I, I, uh, yeah but, i like snakes but does that remind you of somebody Britney Spears? No, Mama Odie. Oh, Mama Odie. <laughs> From the- No, she's reminded me of Mama Odie this entire time. We've I know, been talking I just thought her. it was cute how they put a snake with Mama Odie, and then I was like, oh, that was a nice little homage to 
uh, Marie Laveau. So Mama Odie is from The Princess and the Frog. It's a Disney movie. So how about it? It's a very cute movie. It's one of my favorites. So anyway, so Congo Square was the place for dance and worship for free and enslaved Africans alike. Um, it was where most people would gather um, to just have some spiritual healing and rejuvenation um, because they were, you know, obviously experiencing major oppression, insane hardships. Like, I mean, I, I'm dumbing that down. But that was where they would meet after mass. Um, and that's where they were allowed to practice because it was out in the open. So, mm-hmm. like, all the white people could watch and make sure that they weren't doing anything they weren't supposed to be doing, you know. So that's what was technically allowed. So in some accounts, it says that some of the stuff that happened at her house mm-hmm. and the stuff that happens at this lake, um, that stuff was not, you know, sanctioned mm-hmm. by the whiteies. So... Um, that was technically, like, illegal practice. But, you know, whatever, you know. Um, the major ceremonies are the ones that took place on the shores of the lake. And, uh, Marie Laveau would typically be accompanied by a voodoo king, which was her second-ranking male officiate. And there would be singing, dancing, drumming, spirit possessions. Hmm. So, like, you know, people would... I don't know, get the spirit and convey the messages the spirit had. Oh, Or it would be, you know. They don't, I mean, obviously, a lot of what I read didn't go deep diving into the practices. Mm -hmm. Like, what happened, aside from, like, mentioning little things like animal sacrifices were often, you know, Okay. The the spirit possessions, like, people would... I feel like animal sacrifices happen. It happens in a lot of a other... Lot. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But, um, but it's, you know, they're not telling you how to, like, exactly what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It's very basic, all the, the things that I read, but, um, anyway. So, Laveau reigned unchallenged until 1850, and, um, that was when another Creole woman in the area decided to step up and, and challenge uh, Marie Laveau for her role as voodoo queen. Oh, and her know. name was Rosalie. And uh, she was said to have placed like a life-sized wooden doll in her front yard. And it was covered in carving and beads. And that was supposed to like it be some kind of, you know, I don't know what the word is. Oh, my God. Anyways, it was covered in carvings and beads, and people began to, like, be afraid of it. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, in case it was yeah, going to give them some bad energy if they walked past it or didn't, you know, know, believe her. So they started to fear the doll, but then they started to fear and respect Rosalie. Mm -hmm. And uh, (laughs) so (laughs) Marie Laveau stole it. Queen. She um she then was taken to court by Rosalie for stealing it. And since Marie Laveau had far more clout, Mm -hmm. basically 
uh, I think she gave the doll back, mm-hmm. but she was not, uh, Rosalie was not allowed to display it on her front yard anymore. <laughs> That's right. So, um, yeah, so nobody actually ended up taking over until she quote unquote retired. And there is people who tried, but obviously failed. So, like I was saying earlier, she was most, you know, well known for having combined voodoo beliefs with Catholic religion. Catholic religion. She would use holy water, incense, the statues of saints, um, and Christian prayers, along with, um, you know, her recognizing spiritual forces of the African religions. Mm-hmm. Um, she believed spirit the spiritual uh, she believed spiritual forces to be either kind or mischievous and they could either just kind of watch over you or then or they'll intervene into the lives of followers but i thought it was interesting that she didn't believe in like there's really no mention that she believed in like at least the spirits she dealt with obviously weren't yeah. evil she just thought either maybe that's how she explained if something she gave somebody a a gree and mm-hmm. it didn't work and she's like oh that's because they're being mischievous you yeah know you know what i mean it could silly. be like that's how she explained away if something didn't yeah. work or but i thought it was interesting that she never said that she dealt in anything bad um it was said that she also ran secret voodoo meetings at the Maison Blanche. Anyways, it's like White House. And this is where um, liaisons between white men and black women would also be hosted. So, hmm. Yeah. I don't know if she sanctioned that, but that's, I guess, so this was a place where secret stuff happened, but sounds like it wasn't so secret. I don't know. She sold um, Grigri charms, magical powders that were said to cure ailments, grant desires, and um, destroy one's enemies. Oh, okay. So I'm down. That's pretty cool. Down. She told fortunes. She gave advice, obviously. She also made custom Grigri for anybody who needed it. She performed exorcisms and also offered sacrifices to spirits. So she was on record having done animal sacrifices for sure. Right. Um, although some people, you know, you know the the European people, they they just thought, oh, she's just presiding over superstition, like this is all just mumbo jumbo. But they, (laughs) everybody was afraid of her, essentially. So even mm-hmm. though these people were like, oh, that's that's nothing. That's just superstition. Nobody fucked with her. Not even the European people. And um, there's many, I guess many people had stories of what she would do to you if you didn't believe in her. Oh. Or if you, you know, yeah. questioned her power. Although there's not a, you know. Mm-hmm think everybody just was like no 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 she'll get you mm-hmm. but there's no actual like yeah you know oh she did this to people you know um so in 1875 she gave her last performance 
and announced that she was going to be retiring. And people think that she she still worked out of her house um, in the last few years that she was alive, but she did get very, very sick before she passed away. No. And she died on June 15th, 1881, and she died in her home on St. Anne Street. After she passed away, like, people were... I mean, there's just, like, an abundance of people that came out to just... I mean, the people were calling her a saint for mm-hmm. all of her community work and the fact that, you know, she spent all that time helping others. Um, you know, people were, like, out and, you know, people mm-hmm. were... A lot of people were really upset when she passed. Yeah. I bet. And uh, so she is buried in St. Louis Cemetery Number 1. And she is in the Laveau-Glapion family crypt. Visitors typically leave offerings of coins, beads, flowers, rum, or candles in hopes that uh, Marie Laveau's spirit will grant them some wishes or intervene in their lives where they ask her to. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you can go... You can go to these, these cemeteries. You just... You can't go in. You have to do a tour. So they closed them to the public because so many people were going in and I'll, my next bullet oh, point okay. kind of explains why as, um, it, it said that if you go in and you draw either like a big red X or like three little X's on her tomb, mm-hmm. you do like spin in a circle three times and then, you know, you do like this little mantra, yeah. then she'll, her spirit will come and grant you a wish or whatever. But so many people were coming in and basically mm-hmm. vandalizing the tombs. Oh, yeah. You know, so they had to stop letting people come in. I'm down to bring our rum, though. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, you can you can do a tour to get in, but you um, and you can leave her stuff, obviously, but you can't be doodling on her freaking mm-hmm. tomb. For sure. There's also a second crypt in Cemetery Number 2. And that's, I guess, where most of the visitors um, draw on that one, mostly. Uh, it's almost like her, at the crypt, it's like, at that this crypt, the first crypt in Cemetery Number 1 has been vandalized multiple times, but it's almost like it's more of the shrine. Mm-hmm. And then the one in Cemetery Number 2, it there's even questions if she's even buried in either one. You know what I mean? Yeah, that so makes sense. Even though that's the family plot or family crypt, like there's people still question if she's actually in there. So, um but yeah, so then yeah, the one in cemetery number two is the one that people vandalize a lot, but they're still trying to like invoke her spirit to mm-hmm. have the, have her help them. It's typically um decorated with the X's hearts pentagrams um poetry and initials but yeah i get it would get colored all over and uh after she passed away her daughter um one of the marie's <laughs> took over um and she became marie laveau the second oh and um she practiced voodoo just like her mother and helped people but she never ever like she just never matched um her mm-hmm. mother's fame so she never became like a queen like she That's just okay she, yeah i mean she she did it she helped like it live on but she was yeah. she never got to the level that her mother had gotten to um so i found a, like a little fun story just to give you an idea 
Um, legend says that uh, Marie received her St. Anne home by helping an affluent man free his son from murder charges. So she held three peppers in her mouth, infused them with her intentions, and then hid the peppers under the judge's seat, nailed a cow's tongue under the seat of the, prosecu of the prosecutor, which then made him unable to speak correctly like I can't, and was uh, he was unable to properly present his case against the son, and the son was ultimately found innocent, and the father bought her her house. Bruh. Bruh. <laughs> There's also <laughs> conflicting arguments that her house might have just been like a family hand-me-down from her grandmother, because oh. apparently her grandparents were were actually fairly wealthy. Mm -hmm. So they might have purchased the plot of land mm -hmm. and she just inherited the plot of land and then had a house put on it or what, you know. So, I'm down for both stories. So. But I kind of, I thought it was, I thought it was like a fun display of yeah, kind of like what she would do with her witchcraft or, you know, her voodoo or whatever. Um, so now for the fun part, the, the ghost stories. Because Marie Laveau did not leave New Orleans. And so people claim to see her walking down St. Anne Street. She's typically wearing a long white dress and her signature tignon or turban. Mm -hmm. And uh, her followers still perform rituals at the site of her old house, which her old house was actually torn down in the early 1900s. But there's another house on the land. So they, so the people will still go and perform rituals at the site of mm -hmm. the house and are said to often include animal sacrifices there as well. And the current home on the land is actually used for vacation rental. So I'm sure that's a... <laughs> that's fun. That is fun. Uh, I'm sure the cleanup... guys. Whoever they pay to clean that up... Uh, but, um, yeah, so since the home is now used for vacation rental, um, there's a few stories from people who have stayed there. Uh, a couple that was visiting NOLA and stayed, sorry, was visiting New Orleans, staying in the house, said that they heard um, drumming. So they got up and went outside, and they couldn't hear anything, so they went up the block to, like, the nearest park, and there was nothing. There's no, nobody's out drumming. So they went back inside, realized that the sounds of drumming and chanting were coming from the living room. So they left. And they came back the next morning, and they found a single feather in the middle of the living room floor. So supposedly, the feather was Marie Laveau's signature object. Oh. And it's... It, as a feather is a sign of good luck. Mm -hmm. If you find a single feather, um, like on the ground, that's a sign of good luck. But if you find a feather on your pillow, that's a sign that you're going to be sick. Oh. That you're, that you're, you're going to get very ill. And it's bad luck. Um, so luckily, nobody's ever found a feather on their pillow in this house. All right. <laughs> but they did claim to find a single feather just right smack in the middle of the living room floor where the drumming and chanting had been coming from. Another man said that he had been taking a nap while he was staying in the house and woke up to a shattery shattery jesus christ a shadowy figure standing in the corner of the room glaring at him and a woman 
uh, woke up on her second night in the house in the middle of the night, and she was unable to get up as if somebody was holding her down. Hmm. So, sounds like she's not too keen on people staying in her house, except the couple must have had some good vibes or something, because she left them a good luck feather, so I don't know. Um, during the Great Depression, a homeless man had been sleeping in the cemetery, and he also woke up to drumming and chanting. So he got up and went to find the source of it, and it was Marie Laveau's tomb. And he said that he saw naked people dancing around it in a circle, and in the center of the circle was Laveau and her snake, Zombie. Alright. Um, I love that her snake's name was Zombie. Well, yeah. And that she, makes well, me so happy. But she named, you know, she named it after the god. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, that's where we... That's a whole other... We can talk about zombies one day, because that's where we get the term from, obviously. Um, and then a, there was another story in the, th- uh, in the 30s of a man who walked into a drugstore and a woman came in after him and the uh, owner of the drugstore like looked very frightened and went to the back room and the guy's just standing there so the woman asks him if, if he knew her. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, I don't know you. So she slapped him. Okay. And then levitated out of the door, over the phone lines, and then back to cemetery number one where she disappeared into thin air. And the store owner comes back out and says, oh yeah, that was Marie Laveau. <laughs> like she comes here all the time. She's like, what do you mean you don't know me? Slapped the shit out of him and then like flew away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, so supposedly she also walks the graveyard and she curses trespassers, so... Okay. Don't try to break in thinking that you're not going to pay for a tour because she's she'll curse your ass. And when people see her, she typically just, just disappears into thin air. So, I have a couple fun facts. Yes, I love fun facts. And they're actually fun facts. In 1982, the misfits were arrested and accused of attempting to exhume Laveau's body after a show. Holy shit. And if you know me, you know I have a fat Misfits tattoo on my arm. (laughs) Although there's conflicting accounts of what actually happened that night. I'm sure there are. So I've heard that they were just drunk partying in the cemetery. Mm. And they were trying to just, I mean, it was punk rock. These men wore face paint. You know what I mean? Like, they were... People were saying that they were just trying to get them arrested, like, on, like, the worst thing they could. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you were trying to exhume her body. Like, we're taking you out of here. You know what I mean? But some accounts say that they were just partying, you know, because what's more punk rock than partying in a cemetery after your show? But With Madame LeBeau. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, the cops just, I don't think, wanted them there to begin with. So (laughs) that's how you fuck with people. She has a character based off of her in some Marvel comics. And um, Shel Silverstein, who wrote A Light in the Attic and Where the Sidewalk Ends, he actually wrote a song about her and it is performed by Dr. Hook. I don't know who that is, but um, yeah. Those are my fun facts for Marie Laveau. So yeah, there it is. That's what I got. I know it's like a really shallow dive into into her. Obviously, we would 
we could probably do an entire podcast on just her, but you know, <laughs> we have to share the time and I'm already at my time, so <laughs> not a big deal. Um, but yeah, so I thought she to be absolutely honest, American Horror Story Coven was like my favorite season. And like I said, I love Angela Bassett. So you could whatever she does, like I'm there for. So like <laughs> that that had actually caused me to look into Marie Laveau back when that season came out. Yeah. Um Of course there's a lot of historical inaccuracies on the show. Like she was not around at the same time as the uh that crazy ass bitch who tortured people. What the fuck was her name? Madame Lalaurie. Uh but uh but yeah, she was just a you know, like a pillar of her community and like a like a staple and she was very much about taking care of her community and um it was kind of nice to see a quote-unquote rich witchcraft not necessarily be deemed evil and actually like be accepted Mm -hmm. for the most part you know what i mean wait till i brought what i got for you (laughs) (laughs) so yes who who do you have Okay, so like I said, I I went across the seas for this one. Um, This is uh, Malin, Matt's daughter, from Sweden. Okay. And she is the most famous witch from Sweden, and I'm not going to tell you guys till the end, so. Hmm. Who the least famous? No, she's the most famous, and I'm not going to tell you why until the end. Oh, okay. Well, it should be at the end-ish. So... Malin Matt's daughter was born in 1613 in Sweden, but she was of Finnish descent. Uh, She was widowed and had only daughters, uh, two, Anna and Maria. They're going to be a big role later. Okay. Um, Anna and Maria's father was actually executed after being caught having intercourse with a cow. Oh, my and Anna was the one who told on him, um, you know, and then he and Malin also beat their children, so they tried to run away, and... Oh, so these kids were, like, they were out, they were out for blood. Yeah, oh, and okay. it was, yeah, so like I said, they, they become a big, big part in a little bit. Got it. Um, Malin actually remarried... And after she remarried, both Anna and Maria left home because of how volatile it was between her and her new husband. Mm. Um, very little is known about Malin's like childhood and up until she had her kids and everything. And, and I'm sorry, what years was this? Or have you sixteen thirteen? Oh, okay. So in the sixteen okay. hundreds. Got it. Okay. So very little is known about her, like her past and everything. They think that she might have been a midwife, mm-hmm. but they're not entirely sure. I feel like most people who get deemed quote unquote witches, they are always freaking midwives. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Um, others just referred to her as, excuse me for like butchering this, Rumpair Malin, but it hasn't been proven, but it may have been derived from a word that meant stupid people. <laughs> so they would call her Damn. stupid Malin. Malin. Um, and okay, so then we are going to jump ahead now. So in 1668, a witch hunt in Sweden began and was known as the Great Noise. 
280 people, both men and women, were executed during this time. But they weren't executed for using spells or anything like witchcrafty of that nature. They were accused of abducting children, bringing them to witches' Sabbath of Satan and Blockula. And for, I had to go dig deep in what Witch's Sabbath was and what Blockula was. So, Witch's Sabbath is a phrase used to denote a gathering considered to practice witchcraft and other rites. And Blockula is a legendary island where the devil held his earthly court during a Witch's Sabbath. The island could only be reached by magical flight and described as a delicate, large meadow where... Of you can see no end. Oh. Yes. Wow. Told you it was taking a dark. <laughs> um, so in July of 1676, Maria had reported her mom for witchcraft. <laughs> and the court had asked Malin to recite the creed, which I guess is like a prayer mm-hmm. from... The Bible? The Bible or their <laughs> religion or whatever. Yeah. Um, and she said that she couldn't read and couldn't recite the Lord's Prayer. She had trouble reading the prayers, the cult, the cult, the, the cult, the, the, cult? Cult? No, the <laughs> court, the court. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, that's a little uh, <laughs> Freudian <laughs> slip. <laughs> no way I wrote it. I was like, what? Um, the court uh, told her to. She didn't know them and had trouble reciting them when they were read to her her so in stockholm it was so this is going into stockholm sweden mm-hmm. um it was weird for someone not to know how to read because by law they had to so that they could read the bible oh like it. they had to know how to read so that they could read the bible so, okay so it wasn't like in other aspects where um you didn't have to learn how to read because somebody told you what the Bible said? Yeah. Got no, it. you had to know how to read. Interesting. Yeah. I thought that was interesting, too. Fun fact. Yep. <laughs> um, so Maria had said, this is going into, like, Maria's claims and everything. Mm-hmm. Maria had said that M- Malin took her and other children to Blockula. She said that in court, Satan appeared long black with horns standing by her mother holding her skirt and whispered in her ear to never confess oh and malin was ordered to pray to confess and after doing so maria couldn't see satan next to her mama anymore oh and then 10 year old matthias 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 i don't know I i don't know either sorry and Seven-year-old Margreta testified to have been abducted by Malin and brought to Blockula. A woman by the name of Gertrude said Malin had abducted her kids 16 times before losing them in a game to another witch named Anna. Named Anna. Oh so God. this mom played a game and lost her fucking kids to another witch. Like, all right. Um... Malin was in prison, and it was said while in prison, Malin abducted the kids 14 more times and had beat the children to not testify. Um, Gertrude said Malin beat her kids supernaturally while she was in prison. (laughs) That's that's called emotional. (laughs) Emotional abuse. 
I'm sorry, that's not funny, but it's kind of funny. Good God. Yeah. Um, Anna, Malin's other daughter, agreed with Maria's testimony and stated that she was abducting children to take their herself. What? Hold on. <laughs> what the fuck did I write? And stated that she was abducting children to take their herself. She was arrested? Oh, okay. Okay. Never mind, guys. I got this. So uh, Anna was saying that she had started taking children herself. Oh, Anna was taking okay. children Anna and then she was arrested. All right, there we go. Okay. <laughs> Maria was asked if she was doing this in order to get her mom's house, but she denied it. And Malin's current husband was never called to testify and was just never heard of during all of this. To- Which kind of doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. So, Malin was asked to repeat a prayer and failed 11 times, which was very important to the court. Because if you couldn't repeat it, I guess, after the 11th time, you were just... You were a witch. You were a witch. Um, so, going, going back to, like, being a midwife in court, they said that she had been a midwife to another witch that was executed Mm -hmm. and i believe it was the same witch that won those children in that game oh good um and she said that if she were ever to take anyone to blockula that she would have learned it from that witch oh okay uh she was found guilty by the testimonies from her daughters and from her lack of religious knowledge and because she couldn't read prayers the daughters stood by what they had said about their mom and Malin stood by her denial and, and innocence. Uh, and firm denial was looked at, but looked at having the devil assisting the witch so they could withstand the interrogations. So because she was denying this, mm-hmm. they thought that the devil was helping her. Mm-hmm. Um, with the ending of her trial and being found guilty, there was three ways to vote for her execution decapitation followed by public burning which was one of the most famous ways to the murder most, a witch the most popular yes <laughs> there was number two which was torture then decapitation and a public burning oh okay and then number three being burned alive ah do you want to take a guess which they voted for i'm gonna assume number two nope no number three being burned oh. alive is what got the majority votes um a commissioner doctor suggested that she'd be tortured with a hot iron before being burned so that at least she was unconscious, but that was denied <laughs> because honoring God was more important than Malin's personal pain. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So in, excuse me, in Hoarder Get in Stockholm, so it's like a specific place in Stockholm. Mm-hmm. On August 5th, 1676, Malin was to be executed alongside of Anna. Uh, Her daughter? No, it was the the other witch, yeah. So she had also been accused by her children, but she was given a more, um, I guess, in that way, normal way. So she was by decapitation and then burning. Oh. Malin was. Huh? The easy way out. Yeah, the easy way. Shit, take my head out. I don't fucking care. Don't burn me alive. 
Uh, Malin was said to be behaved with great dignity and courage during the execution. She refused to take the hand of her daughter to make peace before her death. Yeah, I'd be... I'd be fucking pissed. I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. I don't even want you to see me die. Man, I see both sides, though. I mean, if she was whooping those kids' asses, they're like, fuck you, woman. Like, I get it, (laughs) but... I mean, I feel like burning your mom alive for beating you is a little bit out of hand. Depends on how bad they're getting beat, though. True. I mean, look at people who are in, you know, domestic violence and they shoot the person because, you know. Yeah, I guess. I mean, depend. I guess. Yeah. I guess it's all relative. But, I mean, when I was reading, too, like, it said that the dad had more to do with the beatings than the mom. Like, the dad controlled the moms with the beatings. Like, mm. you need to beat them. Mm. So, I'm, I, and it didn't say if after the dad died that the beating stopped or anything. But, um, okay, so there are claims that Malin didn't scream in pain and died in silence. Ooh. Which, in contemporary view... She's a witch. Witches felt no pain. (laughs) So, that added the fuel to the fire. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Malin's execution was the end of the witch trials in Stockholm. And the end of the witch witch hunt in Sweden. Interesting. Yep. Malin had been the only person to die by being burned to death, which makes it the most famous one in Sweden. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, I mean, in America, the witch hunts that happened Mm -hmm. here in, like, Salem. Yeah. um, We we often have that image of them being burnt Mm -hmm. at the stake. Yeah. Nobody, everybody was hung. Yeah. So we have this, like, weird image, like... Very few of those happened where people were actually burnt alive at the stake. Yes. But that is the the reigning image over that the witch you see. hunts. Yes. Even though most people were hung or... Um, Decapitated or yeah. tortured and... Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny that not very many people were actually burnt at the stake during the witch hunts. So she was the last person to be executed in Stockholm, second to last in Sweden. Um, in 1677 priests were ordered to proclaim witches were expelled the accusations that followed like the few that were executed after Mm -hmm. um oh there were few accusations that followed after and they were executed and in 1704 the last execution for witchcraft was performed um so we're gonna go into like a little while later so the same doctor the commissioner doctor Mm kind of looked into the testimonies of the children yeah because he was like this kind of doesn't really fit or and it doesn't seem right and okay so he went and looked through it so the child witnesses were asked to repeat their testimonies not they weren't told their testimonies and agreed to them. They were asked to repeat their testimonies to see if they matched the testimonies that they had previously given. Mm-hmm. Um, this was brought about because the child witness had started to accuse upper classes uh, instead of... Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Don't threaten the rich people. Nope. Can't <laughs> do that. And this resulted in the breakdown of one of the witnesses, and that caused a breakdown of, of other witnesses. 
Um, this discontinued the witch trials and set three others free from execution. So three, uh, three women were freed because of he him actually looking into investigating. It. Yes. Yeah. Weird. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> However, the courts prosecuted the witnesses for perjury, and that led to physical, uh, physical punishments and executions. Oh. A handful was sentenced to execution on December 20th, 1676. Uh, One was sentenced to being whipped and died. Um, And then Malin's daughter, Anna, was freed from the charge of witchcraft. So she was freed from jail. But she was sentenced to be whipped for perjury. (laughs) Uh, Maria was given an official warning to make amends for perjury. So I'm like, this bitch told on her mama. Got her mama killed. And, then and is caught. the only one that got let go, though. Like, everybody else got executed. For lying. For lying. Or, you know, like, agreeing with her. Mm-hmm. But she was, like, the one that came forward and said something. And yet, she's the only one that had to pray for her sins to be let go of. So. It, it didn't make any sense to I me. I definitely want to do, like, a Salem witch trial. Like, a we can do, like, a witch mm-hmm. trial episode. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot um, in in the ones in Europe as well. A lot of it was political. Mm-hmm. And sometimes what happened, and this is kind of what happened in Salem, is uh, it, it went so unchecked that they were just, like, offing it. Like, the kids was like, oh, she tortured me in a dream. Oh, she's mm-hmm. a witch. Offer. You know? Yeah. Executor. Whatever. And once somebody came in to, like, investigate, like, hold on. Like, we can't be just executing people all willy-nilly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then found stuff like that where people had been actually lying. Yeah. It it made the church look bad. Mm-hmm. So instead of, oh, this whole group right here lied and then this person died because of it because we fucked up mm-hmm. and didn't do yeah. our due diligence in investigating or whatever. So it was easier for them to just just go pray about it and we're not going to talk about it again. Yeah. It's so just, it just it's, it's like a cover up. Yeah. So that they don't have to admit that as the church they fucked up. Yeah. But I guess like my thing is, is because they executed all the other kids and tortured them. Um, like, why did she get off, like, not scot-free, but why did she get off with just a slap on the wrist when she was the one who actually made the lie? Like, why wasn't she executed and then all these other kids, you know... Maybe because... Got the slap on the wrist for agreeing with her testimony. I mean, depending on her testimony. You know what I mean? Maybe she didn't say the worst thing. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Since Anne was like, no, I was abducted. She made me abduct children, too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That she took the lie a step further. Gotcha. And then all these other kids just hopped on the train. Mm-hmm. That could be why. Is okay. that Marie, Marie, Maria? That Maria's Maria. testimony was yeah. probably like, yeah, my mom's a witch. You know what I mean? She steals children in the night. And like that, uh-huh. maybe that's all she said. Yeah. And then maybe because all the other kids hopped on the train and started saying... And then blaming the upper class and everything. And then True. they started, okay. yeah, they started yeah. trying to pin it on all these wealthy people that, you know what I mean? They probably were taking it too okay. far. 
I mean, that could be. I it. can always like figure this stuff out when I talk it out with somebody. Like <laughs> thinking about it myself, just like, huh? Like well, I go also, in circles. It's also hard because, I, I mean, they they've they're still finding. Uh, I was listening to a podcast about the Salem witch trials, mm-hmm. and back in twenty. 16 Mm. or between 2016 and 2019 they actually found some of the court papers from the the witch trials Mm -hmm. a lot of that shit had been lost Mm -hmm. but somebody was digging through their attic and found this random thing of paper realized it had been passed down Mm -hmm. and you know lots of these things are lost in fires so yeah depending on how the records were kept will depend on how much information actually able to find yeah so then they're still finding Mm-hmm. records you know to this day of shit that happened you know years and years and years 400 ago. years ago yeah so so yeah i mean that could be why we don't understand why marie didn't get or maria didn't get executed her, executed like maybe they lost her original you know maybe there's no real record of what mm-hmm. actually she said in her original or her second you know her yeah repeated testimony or whatever but um yeah the witch trials are fucking insane and even though they're not necessarily paranormal Mm -hmm. i still kind of want to do an episode on them because like it's just a wild time in fucking history i yeah i mean i think in the salem witch trials there's like only 26 people died but like Mm -hmm. in europe it was like thousands of people were like, she's a witch, offer. Mm-hmm. He's a witch, often. I was looking, because I was going to do a, a prophet from England, and then I realized it was a prophet, not a witch, mm-hmm. or however you want to yeah. describe it. But just from like the glimpse of what I like briefly like viewed before, I, you know, like I was like, oh, let me do something else. It was insane how many people were like, mm-hmm. were offed because you look at them, oh, you're a witch. Yep. You, you smell like a witch. Uh-huh. Oh, you have a birthmark. You're yeah. a witch. Your oh, that, toenail is crooked. You're a witch. That cat followed you home. You're mm. a witch. <laughs> like It was insane. Yeah. And the fact that... And that was just in England. Yeah. I mean, it didn't, it didn't go too far in America, but... Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think we should, I mean, even though technically it's not wholeheartedly paranormal, I think it would still be a fun, not fun, still be an interesting topic to cover. Oh yeah, I'm down for it. Just cause it's like, it's a, it's wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, um, if you are interested in the Salem witch trials, because obviously we're not, we're gonna probably not going to do a deep enough dive to to really you know we'll do enough but um the guy from lore the podcast lore has a second podcast and i cannot remember what it's called um but he does a season long deep dive into the Salem Witch Trials, and it's fascinating. Hmm. Um, it's like, it's like 
when I say season long, it's like a quite a few episodes. Mm-hmm. But he like goes. I mean, he's telling you like everybody's individual story. Like I said, there's only twenty twenty six people, I believe, mm-hmm. that were killed in Salem. So, um, and then he talks about like the political implications, the implications on the church, like of them being left mm-hmm. unchecked, like yeah, the fact that they were um, allowing like no visual proof, mm-hmm. like passes. You know, so that he has a, yeah, he has a really, really awesome, um, series on that, which I was completely fascinated by. And I thought I knew a lot about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was, he was, he, he's insane. He's like an insane researcher. He has like somebody else that works for him that does research with him. So it's like, he, he really gets in depth. Oh, I love it. Um, so yeah, that's a good one. It's not, uh, it's not lore, and it's not cabinet of curiosities. It's it has another one. It's um, <sighs> I don't know if I remember. I'll post it on something. <laughs> Anyways, um, so yeah, that's it for round one of, of witchcraft. <laughs> that's um interesting mm-hmm. i thought it was actually it was actually interesting i didn't mention it that uh i found some of the research on uh, marie laveau on like women empowerment like pages yes like she's like it's kind of cool like, no she's i used love it like this like badass woman in history she um, is a badass woman from history so i just i thought it was i mm-hmm. thought it was really cool considering how obviously negative witchcraft typically gets looked upon yeah. and voodoo especially voodoo has an especially you mm-hmm. know people think it's evil and um i just liked how everybody everything that i found used her her story and her image is a really positive yeah um it's a really in a really positive light so I thought that was really cool because typically this subject, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's spooky, it's paranormal, and, you know, people don't like the shit that they don't know. Mm-hmm. So usually it just gets a really bad rap. But I I like that she was being used as like a women a women empowerment yeah like uh, idol and you know it was it was kind of cool. I liked it. <laughs> All right. Well, I haven't done anything particularly nerdy since I've seen you last. So. I gave up on trying to read Twilight. I'm just gonna <laughs> let it sit. I can't. I I just can't. I'm just... Yeah. So I started reading uh, Devil in the White City, which is about H.H. H. Holmes. Oh, okay. Which, I don't know what happened, but Leonardo DiCaprio was supposed to play him in a movie based off that book. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if, what's going on if COVID took out filming... I don't know if his environmental work has taken out filming. Like, I don't know, but, um, I'm, Leonardo DiCaprio will always hold a special place in my heart. Mm Mm-hmm. That was probably- For sure. That was probably my first, like, legit celebrity crush. Because I was, uh, 
not even seven years old when Titanic came out. <laughs> we played that movie on replay oh so Oh my god, much. but I just The two taped VHSs. Yep. And you like turn the second VHS on and it's like right as he's slapping her across the face and it's like super aggressive way to like start a new tape. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So yeah. And then uh, I just I love Leonardo DiCaprio. He's just a freaking good person my, all around too. My, so it like yes. My other favorite movie from when I was younger that I had seen him in, and it was like after Titanic came out, and mm-hmm. mom was like, Oh, it's this guy. And he's also in The Quick and the Dead. Mm. But he's like, like barely 21 years old in the movie. Mm-hmm. He looks like he's 12. Oh my god, he's adorable. I loved him in yeah. Romeo and Juliet. Oh, yeah, I have a t shirt of him from a local artist from Sacramento. And he like, input, he like, puts tattoos on people mm-hmm. and then he puts up like big wall art mm-hmm. um his name on instagram is indian giver okay and he does like these giant murals and shit uh he's got one he's got one big one up on for wide open walls in sacramento and that's how i found him was uh wide open walls but he made t-shirts and he has one of leonardo dicaprio from that Romeo and Juliet mm-hmm. he's like holding a gun in his hand and then he just put all these like tattoos all over him and I was like oh sold I need it I don't care how much that t-shirt costs <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun at least it's like a local artist you know yeah, what I mean for so sure. it's like not mass made on mm-hmm. some weird Amazon website yeah but uh yeah definitely rock that shirt with Shelby <laughs> like, walked into the salon and Shelby was like, "Oh, I like your shirt." And I was like, "That's Daddy." <laughs> <laughs> My new bosses are like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm reading Devil in the White City now. I I just can't. And then all the TikToks, like all the anti. Twilight and anti-Twilight's <laughs> author TikTok. <laughs> I'm not trying to say her name because I heard she's Sue Happy, so. I just, uh, I'm, I've passed that phase in my life. I tried to keep up with the cool kids and I no. just fucking can't. Maybe no. somebody can come read it to me. I need like audiobook or something. Cause... Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Can you audio tape? this book no he would probably die reading it did i send you the vampire money song no i didn't send it to you no okay so go look up uh my chemical romances song vampire money okay and read the lyrics oh dear so apparently that's the song he wrote after she came to him asking him for to put a song in the movie Mm -hmm. and he said fuck no (laughs) <laughs> and then he made that song oh my god i love him <laughs> i love him <laughs> so yeah look that song up uh i finally i never hilarious. listened to that I, I listened to that album like maybe once it just when it came out it was just too poppy for my vibe back then but uh i went and listened to that and i was fucking dying. what's it called again vampire money thank you and then um <laughs> yeah I still haven't started Falcon and Winter Soldier. 
I but I have the first two, not this re- last week though. Yeah, I'll, I'll get caught up. It's just by the time I go to bed, I'm like, I don't want to start something that either I'm not gonna go to sleep, yeah, or I'm gonna fall asleep and then I have to rewatch it anyway. No, so. exactly. But also, they just announced that the low key show mm. is coming out in June. Oh hi! So I need to get caught up before that because I'm gonna be on that shit. That's daddy. Like that is. Uh, hmm. Yes. I even watched that weird-ass movie. It's Guillermo del Toro, uh, Crimson Peak, just because Tom Hiddleston is in it. I love me some Tom Hiddleston. I, you, again, you put these men in anything, I'm fucking there. Yeah, I know. Um, all right, you guys. Well, that's it. I gotta go rescue my husband from baby duty, because I kicked him out into the man cave. <laughs> Bye. Take the baby. See you later. Um, all right. Well, like us on the Instagrams, like us on Facebook and maybe Facebook will stop asking me to pay to promote our page, but I doubt that's going to happen. Um, yeah. Oh, somebody finally gave us a recommendation on what to, on a topic. So that'll probably be our next episode because we already had this episode planned. Um, so thank you, uh, Mariah my sister-in-law for the recommendation we'll shout you out we'll probably go ahead and do that in our next episode um so yeah if anybody else has any recommendations you know just text me because all five of you probably have my number but also if you don't have my number shoot us an email you'll probably have my number (laughs) you can dm us on instagram because uh there's only like nobody dms us on our instagram (laughs) or you can email us at the podcast at gmail.com and that's it thanks for listening we appreciate you this is episode number 10 and we've made it 10 whole weeks 10 whole weeks (laughs) time flies when you're having fun Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh just kidding shut up like i'm the nightmares have passed like i'm yeah yeah, i'm now having fun (laughs) now you're having fun Yeah, we came out with the heavy hitters, though, of, like, shadow people and dolls, so (laughs) now we're getting on to, like, more interesting shit, so maybe that's why. Yes, maybe. All right. Okay. Enough rambling. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.